everyone. Welcome to yet another exciting season of our community podcast series, season nine. This season, we get an opportunity to profile art practitioners in Uganda, Mali, Rwanda, and Cote d'Ivoire. We speak to them about how they have contributed to the growth and well-being of their communities using their talent and skills for philanthropy. Thank you for joining us. Today we have our guest, Mr. Andrew Kagwa, and we are excited to hear from him about his views about African philanthropy and how that has showed up in the spaces in which he occupies and holds. Welcome, Andrew. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, well, it's good to be here. It's good to be talking to you about uh, philanthropy. It's something we rarely talk about as Africans, even when we do it a lot, even when we give, we help, we rarely talk about it. So tell us about yourself. What, uh, uh, what, who's Andrew? What does Andrew do? Um, my name is Andrew Kagwa, journalist, um, art critic. Uh, right now, I'm also an artist in, in a certain way, uh, considering the fact that I've... Uh, started working with filmmakers to produce some of their films um working on a documentary film that that i believe you know um putting together a tv series uh still it's me working with another filmmaker and also developing the script for what I think is going to be my next documentary film. I'm so excited about that because um, I've made a lot of mistakes, I believe, when I was making this one. And, uh, you know, when you're producing and you make mistakes, you get to learn. And I believe the moment I start producing my next documentary film, it's going to be game on because I know exactly what to do. Okay, that's very interesting. What's your understanding of giving and generosity? Mm, I think giving should always come from the heart. Uh, we should not give because we have a lot, but we should be giving because it is important, because we see the need to do it, uh, because we send someone that needs it and we have what it takes to actually help them out. For me, that's how I understand giving. What's your earliest recollection of, of generosity? Or maybe in your childhood, how was generosity introduced to you? Uh, so I joined boarding school quite earlier than anyone at home. And that was because, uh, well, I was very stubborn. I, I was a, a very <laughs> stubborn child. So I think one time, I, I, as a stubborn child, I, I really hated it when I had done something wrong at school. So one time I did not go to school, I think, went and watched movies for a whole day. I actually noticed I, I, I really loved movies more than, than reading. No wonder I somehow ended up uh, with the industry. So I loved watching movies. So my mom noticed I could just become another spoiled child. She took me to a boarding school. So one time when you were leaving, you know, after you're done with exams and they're picking you to take you home, I 
brought for my mom some things I had kept, like things they had bought for me to eat and use. I was like, yeah, I would like to give you something like from me to you. Mm-hmm. And these were some of my eats. And she was like, wait, why do you still have some of these eats? Why didn't you give them to your friends? And them thinking like, hey. I'm just giving you something and instead of saying thank you, you're, you're like, why didn't you give them to other people? Like, what kind of human are you? I'm thinking. So, <laughs> but anyway, she was pretty serious because she talked about it uh, when we were traveling back home. And then when we got home, she told my sister about it. Can you imagine? Andrew brought back some of the things I bought for him instead of giving them to some of his friends. And then she was like, you do not have to be mean. Like, I, I think mean was a mean word. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, for, for, for lack of a better phrasing, I think mean was a very mean word. I was like, geez, that sounds rude. So I, I did not want to be mean. Like, like for this mean which people say that I abuse their films, that that I don't care. That that one I don't care. When people say I do not appreciate their at a mean, that I don't care. For the other mean, I was like, wow, that, that sounds rude. I, I did not want to be that person. So I, I think after that, when we went back to school, trust me, I used to finish my grub first. And I think I rarely ate any of that. Like I used to leave my box open. Like, yeah, you guys can come and have fun with it. Uh, but then one thing I noticed about that was the more my case was open for everyone to come in, is the more I never ran out of grub. Like that grub would get done, but people would just generously be, oh, Andrew, you need this. And they would give you without you asking. So which goes back to the fact that um the more you give is the more you receive so for me that was it oh that's interesting so opening your heart to generosity actually filled you with more gifts from those people around you so thank you so much for sharing that and what motivates you to give uh it's andrew you see there are different ways like at times you you will give because you see a need when you join the corporate world, like, man, the corporate world is messed up. Uh, for the corporate world, giving is, is is a responsibility. Like, it's not really from the heart, but it's 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 for the papers, it's for the media. Because uh, when, when I joined media, I would be invited very many times for people that were giving out a borehole like like you see a multinational a multinational organization is inviting you to Karamoja they are housing you in a hotel they they are feeding you they are transporting you and then they're giving out a borehole like it's a borehole like I think me and my neighbors at home can collect some company and we give some people a borehole and we are not even a multinational so so, like, uh, the very first thing I thought I saw was that uh, giving is very messed up in this world, and then it's always about money. So, 
like they always try to quantify what people have given in form of money. I don't know if you remember the situation during 2020 when we had a pandemic here and then yes. and then companies started giving out things yes. and you could see people measuring how people are giving like there is a company that gave I don't remember how much money but there were a couple of jerry cans truth is I also don't know what the jerry cans are going to do but it became a serious issue people were like wait what this company gave <laughs> jerry cans mm. and, and then of course you remember even when the president was like he's he's kind of tired of receiving is it some things like he wanted money he he wanted money he wanted cars like the way people give these days is very complicated how i understand oh wait i've talked so much and i don't remember the actual question the actual question <laughs> is that we were we had started on a journey of what motivates you to give yes yes yeah so today what motivates me to give is the need for someone out there, like someone out there that might need what I might have in plenty. And I value that thing I have in plenty because even when it comes to ordinary people and we, those that at times go out to give, they end up giving out something that either they have in plenty and do not need or something they've totally used out. I'm sure as an artist, you have given of your time, of your talent. Mm -hmm. Could you give us a brief background of what that felt like or what that is like to give of your time, of your talent as an artist? When I'm still, I'm not really yet in that space where I'm comfortable being called an artist. Oh, well, oh, uh, I, I still consider myself a, a journalist who is closely working with artists. Uh, one, I've worked very, very closely with uh, filmmakers more than anyone. But if, before filmmakers, the very first artist I worked with when I joined the industry, when I joined media was Kenneth Mugabe. So how I got to meet Kenneth Mugabe was a very, very funny situation. So I go to have a filmmaker. He was called um, Joseph Ken Sebagala. He was releasing a film called The Reform. And uh, Kenneth Mugabe was doing the music on the film. You know how Ugandan filmmakers work? Because you cannot afford music from different artists. So you tend to work with one, like they they sing some, some boring thing that is all over your, your entire movie. Like you do not have a variety of, yeah, when the when it's coming out from the building, the mood will be different. So we shall have a rap song. You don't you don't have that. So you, you just get one person to sing all the songs. So I meet Kenneth. And he tells me, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just a new artist. I was on Rated Next and I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I need, to, I need to listen to what he does. So when I got a chance to listen to what he does, I think a week later when he was performing somewhere, I was like, this artist is amazing. So I go and talk to him and, do you have some of your music recorded? He's like, yeah, I've recorded about four songs, but still trying to compile an album. So we kind of kept in touch. Uh, and then when he finished his album, 
it was released on Quella Junction, the Kroners. I, uh, by that time, I think I had made some Kamani, like, okay, not enough, but Kamani to buy an album. Mm. So I bought his album, interviewed him, reviewed it, and then also did the interview story. And uh, I became the very first person in the media to interview Kenneth Mugabe. But uh, giving back to an artist, non- okay, at that time I don't think I had knowledge to give out because I did not know as much as I know right now. So that time I remember picking Kenneth's album and um, there was the, there is another artist called Apio Moro. Then there was a free, there, there were about five. I, I got their music and started going with it to radio stations, asking them to play these people's music. And like, I wasn't their manager or anything. Like, I just felt like people need to listen to this music. Uh, of course, all the radio stations I went to refused. Like, they told me things like this music doesn't fit our system or something. Yeah, but I, I tried. And then I think we invited Crystal Newman to an event where Kenneth was performing. And uh, I think as they say, the rest is history. Like after she saw him perform, uh, the next thing was her getting him on her show. And then when Sanyo started playing his music, of course, other stations were like, oh, there is this music. So they, they also started playing it. One of the, it was very funny with one of the radio stations that called me and they were like, so there was this artist you came trying to talk about. Do you have the music? And I had left the music just right there. Like I, I had placed it there. It was well labeled. So so that, that moment I was like, okay, this guy's actually threw it in the bin after I'd left. Okay. But I still went back and took for them uh, another copy. So, so for me, I think that was the very first time I gave back to an artist and, uh, I was giving back when I was when I literally had nothing as well. That's good. That's such a powerful story, and I think our audience can learn <laughs> from it because you don't need money to give. You can yep. give of your talent, and it will still be enough. Mm-hmm. And you might not see the impact immediately, but as years go by, as months and days. Finally, you see the seed that you planted mm-hmm. blossom, especially when it comes to artists. Yeah. So the other question I wanted to ask you is, how do you think or what would your advice be to people that want to give back to artists? How should they start? What does it take to give back to an artist? Because in our community, it's always financial, you mm-hmm. know? Um, give me money for this, give me money for this. Uh, you could have a musician like Kenneth Mugabe mm-hmm. and what you give would for someone else would seem so small. But how do you think our community can start investing or giving back to artists? And what would that mean uh, today? One, I, I think the, the very first thing someone has to do when they want to give back to artists is they need to start by purchasing their work, even if it's for 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 the, the least amount they can think about. Because I... 
I remember when you see how I joined media was I went tried to get into Uganda's leading daily and was rejected. Was like that? No, 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 no. You don't know what you're doing. I came to Uganda's independent daily and they were like, no, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, he went to the biggest weekly at the time. And um, the receptionist told me if I said anything, we don't have jobs. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back home and uh, started a blog. My intention wasn't to like, yeah, this blog will become a big thing. My intention was to wait on until probably I get an opening in Iraq and I go probably fight other people's wars. And and I was smaller than I am right now. So mm. so you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in between there, someone sees one of my blogs and they decide to republish it. That was in the Observer. So somehow I end up in the newsroom. But when I go to the newsroom, there was this competition where people did not want you to cover their bits because they kind of um, engulfed them, the sources know them, and they they don't want a new person in. So that's when I was like, okay, I think I should start covering things people are not covering. So if everyone is going to see Bebe Cool, I should go and see what's happening at the National Theatre. And before I knew, I created a monster out of myself because now everyone wanted to know what's happening in the alternative spaces. And that came down with the way I was writing. People wanted to see what's happening elsewhere besides what's happening at Baby Who's Space. I had a problem with the way we were writing at that time that um, when people wrote about Baby Who, they would tell you he has not finished his house. And I'm thinking, why are you reading about that? Why are you reading about Jose Chameleon's car breaking down at some space because it's broke? Why are we reading about artists being broke in the first place? So I wanted to change the narrative with my writing. So I would go for concerts and I wouldn't write about the concert being full or the concert flopping. But I would just write about what was actually going on on stage. Did people sing? Did someone flatten the background? So that's how I kept my niche. But then, of course, back to your question. Why I started with all that is today we want to talk about artists being broke or artists not selling enough. Yet we as journalists have one, never written a story promoting their art, never written a story to help them improve their art. And above it all, we've never paid for a ticket to go for a show. For me, in my understanding, then we do not even have a right to call these people broke because we are not sure if they are making money anyway. Yeah. So to answer you, any person that wants to support an artist, the very first thing is, please buy that art. Like you shouldn't be out there pirating Lukeman's getting the yellow jumper. Yet you can actually 
subscribe to Netflix and watch as many films as you want, including Girl in the Yellow Jumper. Because the next day, if you find Lukman broke, it will be very stupid of you to say he made a film, it went to Netflix, and look at him, he's broke. Like, are you sure he actually made money if you pirated it? It's very true. It's very true. Well, that, that, that's a wealth of knowledge. And um, coming from an artist's background and hearing that buying an artist's work matters. They don't want a free hand. You know, much as we celebrate them, we need to celebrate them in a good light. Mm-hmm. You know, not look at the negative aspects of their craft, but try and celebrate the positive aspects of their work. And that in itself is giving back to them. Mm-hmm. You're giving back to their identity, you're giving back to their craft, but also you're telling the public that there is more to this person, mm-hmm. more to this person than they're breaking mm-hmm. down, which I think and, is a and, very and of course, powerful For message. example, when you see a person like a, a visual artist, let's say, mm-hmm. trust me, visual art is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Like uh, It's very expensive to buy an art piece that's as big like a, a lay person like me, well, okay, I don't know if you're a lay person, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lay yeah. person like me cannot afford buying an artwork that big. So most of the time someone is like, but how, but how can we buy that visual art? It's very expensive. But of course these artists still do merchandises. They, they still do key holders. They still do... Like you can still buy something, you 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 can support in some way, or you can share their next exhibition. Like um, I was part of um, the team that was promoting Jabala, mm. and uh, so someone came and told me, "You must have made a lot of money from that <laughs> exhibition." She has some dollars, and and I was like, by the way, I did all that for free. Like, I did all that for free because one, I believed in their message, I believed in what they were trying to say, and this was the very first time you are having an exhibition done by totally female artists that are from multiple disciplines, and it was curated by a woman who chose a female mentor for the exhibition. It was happening on Women's Day. Like, what's a better story than that? So, there are always very, very many ways of supporting artists, even if it's not spending money. But Mm. since most people cannot do those other things, probably I can do because I know my way around, Mm. they need to buy the art. I do not know of a Ugandan that goes for a full day without listening to a Ugandan song. But was that song purchased? True, true. Well, thank you so much. That's such a wealth of information. (sighs) It makes me look at art differently now, you know? (laughs) And um, what you said was very, stood out for me is that, um, what do you have to share? You know, you have your phone. You can share about their exhibition. Yes, you may not be able to afford the artwork, but you have platforms where you can tell people about the exhibition, like the Njavala exhibition. Mm-hmm. You can invite people to come to the exhibition. Don't come to the exhibition alone. Carry mm-hmm. some people with you. You know, it's not always about the money, but the time, the talent, and the passion always counts. Yeah. Well, Kagwa, you have uh, really shared with our audience such a wealth of information. 
Um, I'd like to ask you, who are your role models when it comes to the seeding of generosity in your life, in your profession? Please share mm. with us. Mm. I, I could say my mom. Uh, I think my mom shared and still shares a lot. Even when people disappoint her, it's like she doesn't lose faith in them. So it's like she keeps giving. Well, I don't know if if I will be that person because I even see it with that. It's like you try and try with someone and and then you get to that point where you're like, I, I think I gave all I could to that person. So right now, there is this new artist that I believe needs my support more than the other. Like I feel like my mom doesn't really give up on people. Like she wants to continue supporting them. Yeah, so when it comes to that, she, she's my role model. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting to hear of you or of a person in your profession celebrate their mother in that way because I think sometimes our mothers give too much. Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, mommy, when are you going to stop? Like, this is too much. Yeah. But they still remind us that to give, you need to have faith. Mm -hmm. You need to have faith in the people you're giving to. And that makes all the difference. You know, it's not how much you've given them, mm -hmm. but is have their lives changed? Are they getting better? And not to give up on that and just keep hoping that they'll get better. Mm -hmm. um, lastly, could you share with our audience any lessons about generosity that you have learned over the years that you think they could take home with them? I'll still go back to what I said. Like when you give, when you give for some reason, you'll get back like it's not like that's the reason why you're doing it but you somehow get back like i, I see because right now right now i believe i'm trying to leave the newsroom like i i do not i, I didn't wake up and i was like now i'm going to leave the newsroom but I, I see myself doing more things that are out of the newsroom like people keep calling me for things that are totally out of the newsroom and these are people I worked with without asking for a pay. Like, I came, gave my knowledge on their film set, told them, do this, do that. And they were like, oh, thank you. And years later, they are calling you back because they have a big budget project and they want you to be part of it. Like, for, for that film where I was uh, uh, supervising a production supervisor, like the person called me and insisted i want you to be on this project i don't even know what i want you to do but i want you to be on this project and i want to pay you okay. <laughs> yeah so so i think for me the takeaway is you can you will always get back even in plenty when you give it's interesting. Thank you so much, Andrew, for sharing with us. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us about generosity, generosity in film, generosity in giving back to artists, what that looks like for just uh, continuing to seed generosity and giving and saying it's not about money, it's about what you have. What, mm -hmm. What's your God-given talent? How do you use that to impact someone else's life? And the message of faith from your mom, mm -hmm. how faith in the people you give to is mm -hmm. very, I think it will resonate with our audience. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. So our audience, we're 
grateful to Mr. Andrew for sharing with us. And please look out for the next episode about generosity and giving in different art spaces with different art individuals. So thank you so much. Join us for our next episode as we continue to talk about how different artists and creatives are giving back to their communities. We hope that you have been inspired to give of your time, treasure and talent when it comes to philanthropy within your own community. Mm -hmm.